This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast that resolves to watch even more pornography in the new year. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dantremont, and here is my other lovely co-host, Alice. Alice, how are you doing this week? I've had a crazy week so far. I'm not going to lie. Crazy week? Let's hear it. Let's talk about it. I, I hear you got an interesting sweater. I did get an interesting sweater. So I, <laughs> it's my new favorite sweater. I ordered a sweater from Pornhub, and it's everything a girl could ever dream of. So minus the pearl necklace that I wish came with it. It's ugly Christmas sweater meets porn. It's great. It's fantastic. It has um, ho, ho, ho on it, except instead of H-O, you have H-O-E. You have uh, little uh, handcuffs on it. You have Frosty the Snowman with carrot erections. I mean, that's just close to my childhood. Aww. Oh dear, I, I I was about to say is is like for me my problem is that Daddy oh God, scratch uh, didn't that. hug me enough. Did yours hug you a little too much? Oh no, we're keeping that. That was gold. Oh yeah, clearly that stays in. <laughs> That's what she said. I thought it was a, an adorable photo, so I took a photo of myself in a mirror, reversed it so people could actually read it that it said Pornhub on it, and I posted it to the internet, and uh, then it kind of blew up. The internet took it and did what the internet does. I'm fairly confident a fair amount of people have masturbated to it at this point, which, I mean, again, hosting a porn podcast, I should just expect this. I go into these hoping people are masturbating to it. Like, why else would I show up looking haggard and exhausted every week? That is someone's thing, and I want to be someone's thing by looking fucking exhausted. You know, you could tell from the bags under our eyes and breasts Uh, maybe who knows so i posted it to reddit and i shit you not when i say that in two hours it had 10.6 thousand upvotes before it was removed and it was removed because i actually because it was blowing up i plugged our podcast and they were like well you can't self-promote and clearly your content is in conjunction with the podcast and i was like it's technically it was a coordinated scheme and they caught you oh my god you were i'm the worst it was the Russian deep state. It's not the type of deep that I normally want the Russians to go into. But we've already reviewed Nail and Palin, so. We have. Yeah, so I plugged the podcast, so we have a bunch of new listeners. So if you're listening to us and my sweater brought you to this podcast, welcome. I'm not getting naked. Some people are. We talk about the plot lines in porns because some people read Playboy for the articles. We're even nerdier than that. So we're sorry or you're welcome. Yeah, that's that's the best I've got. But we do indeed have a great guest uh, to join us today. And some sometimes we do porn reviews. Uh, some days we talk about general sexy topics. And today, today we are interviewing Venus Lux. Venus! Howdy, howdy. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. We are thrilled to have you here. So introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us, tell them a bit about you. If they have not encountered your work yet, what would you like them to know about you? Well, I'm Asian. I'm in porn. I've been doing porn for seven years. I carry the title of AVN and XBiz Performer of the Year as a trans model. Oh, nice. And not only for just one year, you were the top performer for two years for 2015 and 16 at the AVNs. Yes. That's incredible. 
You were killing it. Thank you. Thank you. And I am known as a Venus with a penis. Ah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chick with a dick. Love it. Make good money and uh, enjoy porn. I identify as a queer performer. So I shoot with all genders, all races, all shapes and sizes. Beautiful. Uh, have a great time. And I have a website. I'm a production company, uh, Venus Sucks Entertainment. Yeah, you are busy. You are killing it, Lord. Put your back into it and many other things. And your front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. And your cock, if you got one. You know, if I had a cock, I think I'd just be playing with it all the time. Like, that's probably what would happen. You can if you got yourself a willing uh, hole to stuff and you got yourself a strap on and you're ready to go, you know? I I got a husband just so I could have one on hand regularly, but like that wouldn't give me surprise erections. Like that was my whole plan in getting married. I'm like, you were contractually obligated to fuck me. <laughs> that's totally how I do foreplay too. Honey, the contract. And yeah, that's. Well, hey, you can reverse it around. <laughs> you switch it around if you, you know, feel like you wanted to take some more control and your husband's ready. To oh, yeah. Like, you know what, baby? Just I'm going to plot right down. You can. <laughs> Pegging is becoming more popular nowadays. It is. We haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, we're adventurous. I'll leave it there as I like to keep my marital bedroom off of the, the podcast for the most part. Okay. <laughs> I, I like to say there is no hold that is a hard no in this house. Mm. Just a soft yes. I, I think nowadays with, you know, freaking 50 shades of gray. Now, I don't oh, think God. anyone should be vanilla. I think everyone should have the right to explore their curiosity and, you know, play with toys. You know, life is too short. Sex is, you know, amazing. And I think it's so, you know, primal and we just need to kind of tap into it and really just, you know, treat it like a buffet and oh, yeah. many options for you to select. <laughs> That's such a beautiful attitude. As long as it's not one of those buffets where the kids are sneezing into it and then you have to <laughs> report it to... Never, I'm not sure where I'm going with this I analogy. Mean, I'm just saying there are buffets that leave you vomiting afterwards. So just be selective. Ooh, yeah, no, not that. <laughs> consensual. You know, it is vomit porn for God's sake. So. Oh my God. <laughs> like we've started to come across some weird stuff. I don't think we've truly come across the weirdest stuff on, in porn yet. We're going to have a guest, and I'm not even kidding you when I say I found an expert in this, but I have to ask Venus because she's been in this industry for a while. Venus, have you ever heard of quicksand porn? Quicksand porn? What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I found the weird stuff. How does one get off to someone yeah. trying to get out of quicksand? Carefully. Carefully. like I would guess with lubrication. Okay. Yeah. If it wasn't real quicksand, it was like lube with, you know, gallons and gallons of lube and you're just trying to like swim through it. There's something so weird about it. They're definitely not sinking into lube though. It's definitely, it's replicated to be, look like actual quicksand. I did find an expert in it, which is a little, which it's really funny. I was at a bar and one of my friends was telling me about, hey, there's this comedian who is like an expert in this because he talks about it all the time on podcasts. And then I Googled quicksand porn and his name just kept coming up. I, I messaged him on Twitter. Oh my God. And because of course, that's what you naturally do. You message someone on Twitter when you're, when the only thing on the SEO for quicksand porn is this guy's name. When 
you need quicksand porn. And then since then, apparently, he's excited to come on the podcast to discuss quicksand porn. There's a fetish for everything. What's the weirdest thing you've come across, Venus? Come across or experience? Do both. Well, let's hear both. Both. I figure I have different stories for both, too, so... Oh my god, it's so hard. I've like fucked like 5,000 people already, minimum. So I'm trying to like relive and re- remember that. I feel like a virgin hearing that. And I'm the slutty one on this podcast. Like before I got married, I live. <laughs> I've slept with more women than Alice has slept with men. Oh, wow. Do we have to keep telling people that? <laughs> I, I like owning my sluttiness. Okay. I'm, look. I'm proud of all the sluttery I did. I never cheated on anyone. I never lied to anyone. I never got an STD. I'm not STD shaming. I'm just saying I took the precautions I was supposed to and did not have any uh, unplanned pregnancies. I did good by my uterus and by my vagina. I'm I'm happy with how things turned out. I had a lot of fun. Didn't sleep with anyone I wasn't supposed to. Go out and have the fun you want. Just be smart and safe about it. Smart with your heart, smart with your parts. So back to the stories. I want to hear. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, weird is, I don't think weird is the right word, but the, uh, the most uncommon experience I've had thus far was having a threesome with a married couple who was old enough to be my parents and you know there was felching involved Ooh, wait felching felching what's felching i'm sorry i don't know felching that's the one with poo right felching is where like one person cream pies into another person and the other person like eats it oh i like that oh that's just (laughs) i think we're finding my limit i've got a hard no on that one Uh, (laughs) you're kinky and you love your partner that much (laughs) there's something for everyone if you're ggg there's something for everyone and everyone will get a you know a nice little dessert at the end you know um sometimes you just have to belch it out a <laughs> little bit of protein. It keeps your energy and your stamina going for round two. Totally. Right? That's how that works. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like there's always, from time to time, I see on Facebook now articles that say, like, semen is great for your skin. And it's like, no, you're just trying to give excuse for women to have facials. That's it. I guess I could give myself facials and try that and see if that works. <laughs> you have such an advantage. Yeah, but only if that myth works. <laughs> hey, you're a test subject. Just replace your moisturizer with, you know what, after you finish, you just keep it in a bowl and then just- marinate for a couple of days. Make sure it's nice and juicy and a little crusty. Just enough to be a put on your face and then it goes on like a cream, you know. Add a little hyaluronic acid and really give it some zhuzh and some flair and see what happens. Why not throw some sparkles in there as well? Just give it some pizzazz. Before you go out. It'll be like the next eye cream that they're, they'll be like, look, we can do a perfect cut crease with this. It'll be the next thing. Oh, oh. Well, at least uh, all those men, uh, all the men out there can just save up their ejaculation and just, you know, donate it to a location. Oh. Oh my God. Have you ever been to Dan Savage's porn festival, uh, Hump Fest? 
No, I've heard about it so much in Vegas. It's in Vegas, right? Uh, no, it travels now. And I, I oh, it travels. Now. I've been to I I lived in LA for the first handful of years that I went to it. And now I live in San Francisco. And there was an amazing video. You can find this online. Our audience, go check this out. Now, normally, uh, to explain a bit about Humpfest, people submit videos of themselves. And sometimes it's just, you know, fun, juicy, sexy fucking with a couple having some sex. And then sometimes you don't even see sex. And it's just a funny video around something with sex. And in this case, it was called The Collector. And this guy had jars and bins and fucking giant cases of sperm uh, that he collected for like one was just labeled with a picture of Mickey Mouse. And it was kind of it was blurred because, you know, trademark. And he said, yeah, that's just from every guy who was in the suit at the park that day. The craziest part of the scene was at one point they knock over uh, like his girlfriend is sitting there like, yep, I, uh. I didn't realize what this was. And I mean, it's it's so well executed. And at the end, she t- accidentally tips over a jar. And he's like, honey, that was Larry King. You know he can't make that anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's called The Collector. It's on it, It's on YouTube. Please go watch it. It's funnier than, like, I mean, I can be funny occasionally if you prod me enough. But fuck, that thing was hilarious. Okay. Traveling sperm bank. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> when I was in the Cayman Islands a couple of years ago, we were taking this tour around the island. And at the very end, it was just me and my partner. And they said, hey, do you want to see an interesting collection? So, of course, we looked at each other. And we were like, yeah, sure. This can't get weird at all. Because we spent a totally normal day around the Cayman Islands, just, you know, exploring and doing normal touristy things. He takes us to his friend's house. And when we step in, and I shit you not, we walk in and ceiling to ceiling, not an inch was spared when I say there were wires and on the, all those wires held by um, clothesline clippers, there were thongs. There had to be at least like 3,000 thongs on the ceiling. I was hoping it was going to be like child toes or something really creepy. Like, not that I want children to lose their toes, but like the way you were building up, it was going to be like horrifying. I'm down with thongs, though. Thongs is thongs are fine. If it was like used condoms, you know, hanging around. Oh, oh, there. <laughs> I mean, technically, I feel like any condom that you see out of the package, like once it is no longer in rolled up form, I always consider it used. Oh, you know what? A human, if you buy a human skeleton, like for use, like a real human skeleton for use in anatomy class, it is always in condition used. Can you buy a real human skeleton though or skull? I didn't think it was legal. You can. It has to be for like biological purposes, like for doctory uh, labs. Yeah. I've held a human, like in the skull of a former human before. And it's a very weird feeling because you're like, this had a brain and thoughts and there was a person here. Anyways, we're going to get back to poor Venus. Tell us, how did how did you uh, get into the industry? What was life like before it? Tell us more about you. That's why we had you on. We want to know more about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you're in San Francisco because actually I'm born and raised in San Francisco. Oh, wonderful. Where uh, Whereabouts in the city? I lived all over. I was born in the Mission when it was a Mission before all the yuppies move in. Right. I missed, you know, the carnival festivals and festivities and the taquerias. It's so colorful. But uh, yeah, I was born in San Francisco. And at that time, uh, when before porn, I was kind of uh, working as a bartender, stripper, 
um, casual sex worker. I think at the time, you know, Craigslist. Oh, whether Craigslist a candle for it. <laughs> I know, I know. Unfortunately, it doesn't exist for sex workers anymore. But, uh, uh foster sister. Yeah, I was lucky enough that, uh, kink.com, uh, ex- existed at the time in, at the armory in San Francisco. They are no longer there. I partied there back in the forever ago. I got to go party there once. It's so beautiful. It's so fun. Oh, yeah. It gives, it's, uh, they have like the best parties. So yeah, and they gave me kind of a head start. Uh, they were the one who kind of reached out to me and they're like, hey, we're launching a brand new website called tspussyhunters.com, which is a cisgender female on trans women porn uh, site. And uh, we're looking for new trans models. So I, I had to take some thought before I kind of jumped right in. Obviously, you know, porn is a commitment since you can't remove anything off the internet. Yeah, so I, I think after, you know, once they kind of gave me offer and I had to like marinate on after two weeks and they then said like hey we're offering you $800 for the shoot I was like oh okay you sold me I will be there (laughs) in a heartbeat where do I need to sign up nice that kind of was the beginning of my career and uh, I had a it was a fun track especially that starting with a company that is oriented towards BDSM so I learned a lot of things it's like riding crops and whips and jeans and bondage I was like what is all that (laughs) you mean every Everything that's in my armoire. Yeah, same here. Now that's part of my collection. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, so vanilla. Oh, yeah. The, when you first get dropped into that universe, you're like, people do this. And then you, once you're into it enough, you're like, people don't do this. Yeah, right. I know. I'm like, why are you not doing this? This is amazing. There's a way, there's another way to feel pleasure. Try it out. Totally. If you don't like it, the worse it happens. Totally. You don't do it again. You don't do it again. You know, you, why not try and see if you like it or not? My rule of thumb is try anything twice at least because the first time you may not like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could I could see that. And I definitely did it more than twice. Uh, I definitely had more, more <laughs> following the first one. And it was really nerve wracking for me uh, being the first lesbian uh, movie I've ever made and first porn I ever oh, wow. made. It was nerve wracking trying to navigate, you know, my partner and her genitalia. I've like, I've never eaten a vagina, never fucked a vagina in my oh, wow. life. And I was like, okay, I'm expected to learn all this in one day. Okay. I'll- That's daunting. Like learning all that in front of a camera for a performance. Whenever I hear people say that porn isn't acting, I'm like, nope, that is acting. Yeah, I do have some level of acting, but also is more so ex- experimenting. I was fortunate enough to be able to have a very, very patient partner who kind of eat me in. And it was enough to be able to convince me that, you know, yeah, this is a great platform for me to also explore my sexuality, but also get paid for it. Why not? Is it okay if I ask how, uh, how long had you transitioned? How many years? it have been since you transitioned before you started porn? I transitioned at 19 and I got into porn around 21, 22. So it was a couple of years and it's, at that time I still felt like a little girl, you know, a girl, a little girl that's still coming into her own skin and in her second phase of puberty because she has to learn how to like do makeup, hair, you know, boobies, you know, bras and shot. It was like the whole nine yards. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was not raised like that. Obviously I was raised <laughs> boys and trucks. If it 
makes you feel any better. I didn't learn any of that until my early 20s anyway. So you're not the only one. Thank God. I'm still teaching her how to contour. I have no idea how. It looks like whenever I do it, it looks patchy and like I rolled in the mud. It looks like I came out of quicksand. I will get you through this. We can make it happen. I'm not a great example of makeup today. I'm using an acne treatment that's making me look like I have leprosy for the moment. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So please excuse that. But my brother is trans. So I saw him similarly go through. It's in opposite direction. He he went. It was interesting because he went through puberty a second time, basically. And all of a sudden, it's like, I like to joke with him. I'm like, oh, baby, your balls finally dropped. (laughs) I feel like that was the kind of joke I could tell with my brother and not like I wouldn't say I don't know how sensitive some, you know, certain people are about uh, about their genitalia whilst transitioning. But, you know, it was my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could say that to him. And he took that as a good joke. Yeah, it definitely, you know, uh, was a fun ride. And it's an experience, you know, to be able to kind of transition from one gender to another. And definitely did not forecast this, you know, when I was a child, like thinking like, oh my God, I could be a girl. You know, I did have a late start, you know, transitioning at 19. And if it wasn't for meeting a trans woman who was my friend at the time, I wouldn't have transitioned. You know, she kind of set the tone and the example that I could live this life. Um, I grew up very conservative, conservative parents. You know, I kind of had like a, a Muslim, traditional Chinese immigrant upraising. Oh, wow. Thinking about sexuality and transitioning was like, I, I couldn't comprehend that, that, that being an, a subject you can think about. So until her, you know, that idea just popped in my mind and I kind of just went with it. I was like, I have to experience this. You know, I need to understand, like, is this going to be the skin that I want to walk in every single day for the rest of my life? Uh, yeah. And here I am. And, I, you know, having a career, you know, having uh, some job, be able to sustain myself being a trans woman, I definitely feel very blessed and lucky, especially porn of all things, you know, getting ah. paid to get laid, you know? And you feel like you uh, post-transition, I would totally. guess. Totally. And I think porn just kind of helped elevate my uh, understanding of my identity and my sexuality and discovering, you know, my queer identity, you know, really, uh, you know, being set with myself. Yeah. So what if I, you know, like women, like guys, like trans women and like all, you know, all types of people, people, I like people. You know, does it really matter what they have in, in, in between their legs, you know? I just don't like assholes, but they're nice to play with sometimes. Totally, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm at a point where sex has helped me go beyond that to a point where, you know, I'm willing to and I'm capable of, you know, having intimate relationships with individuals that don't necessarily have to conform to this kind of heteronormative uh, lifestyle. You know, yeah, if it wasn't for porn, I wouldn't be this queer trans woman, you know, non-binary kind of person that is sex positive and pushing forward with, you know, trans positivity. And you seem so at peace and so comfortable with yourself, which is totally I'm not at peace with myself. Like so many people aren't. So it's 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 wonderful to see that is what I'm saying. I think it's through trial and error and also putting yourself in situations where you are being tested and, you know, mentally challenged to be able to think like, is this me? Is this something I like? Is this something that I want to include into my life and be able to partake? Or is it something that I it's just not for me? And somehow, you know, I've just seem to gravitate towards things that just flock 
towards me and and been totally fine with it. You know, of course, there are some hard limits such as, you know, like scat and, and blood or rude people. <laughs> Excuse me, but we're called Two Girls, One Mike. There might be scat involved. You can have it. (laughs) Oh, I did see the original version. I never watched it. Nope. Have you watched Two Girls, One Finger? (laughs) What? Two Girls, One what? One Finger. No. It's a a Japanese version. Oh, God. Okay, that I'll watch. (laughs) I am not linking to it in the show notes. I'm sorry you guys are on your own for this. But when I hear that there is a German or a Japanese version of a porn, I'm like, oh, this is going to get good. Yeah. I don't know if they, I'm sure they have to ban two girls, one cup. I don't know about two girls, one finger. It just made me think of that when I read your your podcast as two girls, one mic. I'm like, hmm, I've heard of that. Now I want to know if it's like one of those dildos. It's like a giant finger. Oh, you wish it was a dildo involved. It was not a dildo involved. It was something else. Oh, no. It was a, a log item <laughs> oh god oh oh i'm watching this later <laughs> i'm pulling my husband in to watch this one too guess what i heard about honey <laughs> do not eat while you're watching it oh geez it's that wait oh god. it's that bad <laughs> Here's the thing. When somebody tells me, like, you know, that friend who's like, oh, this tastes disgusting. Here, taste this. Like, I'm that person who's like, no, you just told me it tastes disgusting. Fuck off. So if I'm I'm told there's a video on the Internet that's going to make me puke, I'm like, you know, I can just read the cliff notes. I don't need this. Yeah, you're good with that. You're good with that. Backtracking for a second. I know that you spoke about transitioning. For some of our audience, they don't know. And I'll be frank, I've only, I feel like in the past year, started learning about what goes into transitioning. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Totally. Um, Transitioning, it's not just throwing on clothes and getting a, a name and then be totally like, I'm trans now, you know? There's a lot to it, you know? It is, there are, it's gender dysphoria, you know, and, you know, people, it's, it's a real thing, you know, and I had that myself, you know, really confused my identity. And if you can explore that a little bit more with us, how did gender dysphoria manifest for you, if you're willing to unpack that a bit? Yeah, totally. You know, I think, as I mentioned before, you know, meeting this trans girl who kind of uh, helped me manifest into transitioning, you know, I think it was more so knowing that my, even though I had my genitalia, that I could be a woman, regardless of, you know, me having to go through surgery to augment that or not, you know, I could live a life as a woman or just not being a man and, you know, just being non-binary. You know, I lived this kind of like binary lifestyle where I was the oldest son and I was, you know, expected to be able to marry, have kids, take care of the parents and live this kind of uh, male life. And uh, I challenged that, you know, and I came out gay when I was like, 12. So I kind of like threw that out the window. I was like, I'm not straight. I'm so not straight. Uh, but I couldn't imagine myself being called daddy either, you know, if I were to have children. I can think of a few scenarios. I mean, I was about to say daddy and other situations, you know, when BDSM plays totally hot. Like, I mean, if you told me to, I'd, I'd, I'd call you whatever you told me to. I'm just saying. Love it. If someone in the bedroom were calling someone else daddy, the first thing I think of is, sure, sport. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. 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 
No, I, when I hear daddy, I'm just like, I'm thinking like a submissive bottom who's very nervous, me. I always think of uh, of Michael Avenatti because I can't look at him without thinking, oh, daddy. Like, he's just, he's <laughs> like, there are different looks for, for hotness and he's just, he's very daddy. <laughs> That's just Michael Avenatti. You can, you can. Who's my daddy? I, I Your real daddy? No, I don't, I don't want to talk about my biological father. God, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Who would be your, your pop culture daddy? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, let's go with a politician. Who it would be really filthy and horrible. I think oh God. I think just because it would be gender but or let's see. Let's go with Orin Hatch. <gasps> oh yeah. Cause you know if you call him daddy, he'd be like, Do you wanna wear this original before I put it in put it in your ass, dear? Like you know that's coming. You know that's coming. I'm going to hell. I'm sorry. It could be worse. I mean, it, 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 as long as you didn't mention like Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz. So, oh god, like I think that you could actually fuck the folds in McConnell's neck. There's something wrong with the turtle. Like it's, mm, I, I have, I, I don't pretend to know what your politics are. Either way, I just find Mitch McConnell and a lot of his ilk quite distasteful. Back to back to transitioning and gender dysphoria. <laughs> we yeah, are, yeah, we are a show about tangents. <laughs> it was it was a rough time in my life trying to navigate you know identity having an identity crisis and uh yeah it, it having to go through therapy and having to be able to be diagnosed and having gender dysphoria enough to be able to undergo the process of hormone replacement therapy or hormone therapy uh and to be able to basically in, uh, block off my testosterone and be able to ingest estrogen to be able to counterbalance and also be able to have my body react like a woman. That was kind of beginning the, of my transition, having to go through therapy, medication. And it, it was a complicated time trying to be able to understand and comprehend the person that I wanted to be and having to kind of pull data from you know women in my life that I wanted to kind of portray. And that was really difficult. My mom is not really the most motherly person and she never taught me how to do hair. And on top of that, she was kind of against this in the very beginning. So, uh, you know, having to navigate on my own and with my friend uh, by my side to help me definitely really push through and me kind of coming to an acceptance of who I am and whether or not, you know, I I, I had long hair or had tits, you know, that made me a woman or not, you know, I kind of went for it regardless, you know, and at the time I had a mohawk, you know, so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to wear a wig all day, you know, so it was definitely a challenge, but uh, I think you know at the end of the day, I looked back and kind of like really uh, examined why the reasoning of it all is just in a day to be happy and to live the life that I want to live, and you know how I want to be portrayed and be uh, viewed. And uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I made the decision to transition. I'm still transitioning, to be honest. You know, I don't think anyone's transition kind of ends. I think as a person who was brave enough to be able to kind of force change in my life and since you know god or whatever did not give me the genitalia that i wanted you know that i still have this life to live and i still have to be able to adapt in the society that ne- doesn't necessarily have me as a priority, you know, and I'm consistently having to deal with boxes, you know, like, how do I fit in these boxes? 
you know? So everywhere I go, you know, I still face that challenge of like, okay, you know, how much do I want to conform and fit into this mold or how much of it is actually just me wanting to like be away from everyone else, you know? And also the job that I have, you know, it's, I don't have a very stereotypical job. So it makes it a lot more complicated when it comes to being trans. You know, I'm still at this point where, you know, as a trans person, I, I once had the struggles of, of, of most trans people who deal with, you know, discrimination, um, hate speech. You know, I, I don't get as much of that these days. So, you know, I feel reluctant, but in some aspects, I feel dysphoric because I don't relate as much to my community as much anymore. Um, so in that process, and that's why I said I'm still transitioning, you know, I'm still trying to understand, like, where do I fit in society? How I can be able to make a, a, a larger impact using my voice, using my privileges that I've gained through my work and the experience I've had from transitioning these many years. That's my transition story. There you go. That is beautiful. <laughs> That's beautifully introspective. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. One of the things you mentioned previously as well is that you have your relationships with people. So I'm curious because you have you have an interesting, well, we all have the challenge of dating is just always fucked, but Dating is a nightmare with boners occasionally. But that said, so I can imagine that there are challenges dating as a trans person, but there's also challenges dating as a porn star. So maybe you could discuss that because we've actually never talked about what it's like to date in the industry or outside or navigating that minefield. How is that? Yeah, I, it's it's definitely a minefield for me. I could definitely see that, uh, especially as a person who identifies queer, where I'm not kind of tied up to one gender. Uh, and on top of that, I'm a sex worker. So I have to factor that in. I'm like, hey, dude, you know, I, I'm, I'm not monogamous, you know, you know, and on top of that, being trans, you know, and I'm even though I may present kind of more femme, I'm a lot more dominant in my personal life. And I like to be more of the aggressor and the assertive person who I'm like, sit your ass down, you're going to cook dinner tonight. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it makes it a challenge. It makes it a challenge because I am a very defiant person and I'm very stubborn and I like what I like, but uh, I work hard. So that's why I'm like, I like what I like. But uh, yeah, it's been hard. You know, I'm, st- I'm single, but I've gone through uh, dates with trans men, trans women, cis guys, cis women, maybe prior to my transitioning, but I haven't done so nowadays. It's just I haven't had the found the right person. Yeah, it's been a challenge. I don't think I feel... I haven't had much luck dating people within my industry. More so, it's just just haven't worked out when it comes to scheduling. If it's match, oh, yeah. it's almost like you're kind of dating your coworker, and you both have the same jobs, and you kind of see each other at work, and you kind of like oh, go home. You're like, I don't want to kind of hang out with you anymore. You know, I just I see you at work all the time. Like, just leave me alone. I've already seen your genitals all day. I'm done with those. Yeah. So you know, I I, I kind of tr- attempted that, you know, but uh, I I'm still open to it. You know, uh, it's just at this moment now because of porn and also identifying as a sapiosexual and uh you know i i need to have uh, a mental connection a mental mental chemistry it's not just a- aesthetics for me so that's another re- roadblock for me trying to date you know as a sex worker as a trans person as a queer person you're not looking to settle is what you're saying uh, no hell no hell no i know what i what i like and i'm not going to settle but i am also pro poly so it doesn't mean that i'm going to turn a 
you know, I slam the door in front of your face. I'm just going to tell you straight to your face. I'm like, hey, I'm not monogamous. Are you open to having an open relationship? And it means we can have what we want without having to shame each other and judge each other. We just need to kind of set boundaries and be able to be very transparent with our partners, you know, making sure that we are here to get the best out of each other. And if there is too many eggs in one basket, then we need to check ourselves. So I feel like this podcast is also now your dating profile. So listeners, if yeah. you're interested in <laughs> Venus, write to us, info at two girls, one mic. We'll vet them for you. <laughs> Here's my question that I always ask when, when I hear friends having trouble with dating. How old are you right now? I just turned 28. You still got time. I mean, you only, the, the way I look at it, my, uh, one of my friends, uh, Stephanie, she transitioned and like she, she looked quite heteronormative after transitioning. She was doing really uh, well for herself and she was so constantly frustrated that the, you know, the person had not appeared yet. I'm like, you basically just started dating. You are 15 years behind me on dating. It took me until I was 34. Okay. But you know, that's part of it is just takes time to figure out what you want. You know, like you, totally. you whittle away at the it's like, it's not just what you want. You also find out a lot of what you don't want. And it's also kind of tough for one to also navigate barriers oh, yeah. as well and understand how to break those barriers down and to be able to open yourself up to other opportunities. Um, and some aren't into that. Some are just like, I like things, you know, black and white. I like women only. I like men only, you know, and that's totally fine. You know, I think in this generation of relationships and, you know, I think everyone's becoming a lot more fluid with their relationships, you know, more so. I don't think that the traditional marriage dynamic, you know, really it works for people. Some, you know, it, some does, some it works, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but I think uh, now that we're more aware and more conscious, you know, I feel like society is a lot more conscious now that, you know, we're capable of totally having everything we want. We just have to kind of uh, reorganize those tools to be able to make, form the relationship that we want to have uh, without having to kind of, you know, sacrifice uh, certain things just so we can be able to, ha you know, have the relationship that we kind of imagine. At the end of the day, you know, you want to be happy. Why settle? You know, why not just negotiate? <laughs> You're leaning in. I want sex every day. I want to. I want you to make a sandwich for me every day. Yes or no? <laughs> That's it. If you say yes, then we're totally in. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you prefer a roll? Do you prefer a hoagie? So that's my next question. I think Alice is lining up to audition. <laughs> LOL. I, I'll take my bun me oh, sandwich. Oh, bun me. What so a nice, uh, nice ass and a nice tatas. Bun me, good ass, good tatas. All right. <laughs> I definitely don't qualify with the tatas. Those are non-existent. Hey, they're small, but they are perky. That's true. Hey, at least you got tatas. Exactly. She has an ass for a white girl. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It is. It is. It is a, a badonkadonk. I appreciate that. Well, you you have you're one step yeah. in. You got that Pornhub sweater, <laughs> so you just need to turn on the camera. It's a start. One day, Alice is going to be like, you know, fuck it, let's just do a porno, and she's she's going to be in there. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to the day when Alice just goes all in and does a porn. You know, I've started thinking about that for a second, <laughs> and I no wait wait wait. I can explain. So I decided when we get like Joe Rogan level big, I'm waiting for the big paycheck. 
then you know what? I can justify it when the big payday comes. How about that? You know what? People might pay money to watch you having sex, but me, like, I've gained and lost a lot of weight. Like, things sag and move in ways that I'm like, you know what? My husband still has sex with me, and I'm thrilled about that. But I don't think people want video of it. But you know what? You do it. You do. You take it. The fetish for everything, honey. This is true. This is true. I've been to a strip club before where there was like, there's just every shape and size and, and age of human out there. And you know what? They were all getting attention, which I kind of dig. Going to a strip club makes me feel infinitely better about myself because you see uh, large swaths of humanity being like every body on that stage is a body that is worthy of, of my attention and my dollars. So I, I it it is, mm-hmm. ladies, if you're not feeling good about yourself, go to a strip club. I'm not kidding. Weird advice. Fun time oh, and exactly. you'll make some new friends and hopefully you find some new sisters to be able to bring your sexy back and, you know, Get some dollar bills. So speaking about making money, Venus, so you have a production company. Yeah. From what I'm aware of, you, okay, what do you do? You write, you direct, you produce. Tell me more. I want to hear this. All of it. So basically, I my career was because of my company. I think uh, the, the career I have today was built off my company. Uh, being able to have more control of my brand and my image and my content and how it's distributed, how it's marketed and what time frame. So I started in 2012 knowing that I couldn't form a career as a transgender porn star because there was not enough companies that shot trans pornography in America. I can only count maybe, you know, five to 10. You know, I can count as many on my fingers and that's, that's it in America. And so it wasn't sustainable to be able to have a career as a trans porn star. You had to be able to find other ways of uh, sustaining yourself. Um, so I kind of took the initiative knowing that I came into this business with a business mindset to form a company to be able to control my brand and shoot the content that I want to shoot. I didn't want to be put in these scenarios where I'm kind of been painted as this, you know, innocent schoolgirl or this kind of docile Asian girl who's like has daddy problems and, you know, or, you know, I, I'm in the, yeah, whatever, you know. So started in 2012, you know, I launched my website then, had no freaking idea how to launch a website or develop one. But, you know, I did w- the, the mental work that I needed to be able to absorb as much information as possible and be able to, so, you know, thankfully have enough money saved to be able to make that a reality. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I my company is seven years old, coming on seven years old, and uh, I have a contract deal with Pulse Distribution, where I produce, I direct, I write, I coordinate, I cast, you know, for my productions, and uh, I have websites, I have DVDs, I have content that's on pay per view, so I have my fingers in a little bit of everything. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to be able to have more control of my brand and the content that I wanted to produce and making sure that I am making it known that, you know, this is who I am and this is what I am about. This is what I channel and this is what I want the world to see. And this is how these are the platforms for you to be able to view that. So definitely it takes a lot of work, a lot of cunningness and tenacity and fortitude to be able to just, you know, delegate to staff, hire people and be 
able to manage a crew and oh absolutely so i do it all and uh it's pretty much brick and motor you know i had nothing and started with nothing and build it up to where it is today and you know and nice and fortunate enough to be able to reap the rewards and garner some of these accolades and now I'm transitioning into the next phase of my production to include more models and to be able to help develop brands uh, featuring other models and putting them into the forefront on setting up the next generation of porn stars. Oh, wow. So you're being able to, to play the tastemaker and give people a platform after you were after you got the, the chance, you're giving more people. That's so cool. You're giving back to the community. Totally. And uh, also, what's you know what really kind of set the tone for me was there's a lot of men in business, and uh, that didn't really sit right with me because you know this is a trans this is trans pornography. Why aren't there any trans people running the show? Uh, why are all these you know cis men you know uh, running everything and kind of toning things that are not necessarily inclusive? of trans and voices of the trans community. Not understanding. Not understanding. There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect, especially when it comes to being on set versus being in the office. You know, you may have certain orders from the office that don't necessarily apply to being on set, you know? I kind of, you know, pushed that pushed me and motivated me, me to kind of be somewhat of a game player in this as, you know, a trans owned business, you know, and a trans woman owned business. You know, we need more women who own their own businesses that are structured to be able to be you know, uh, inclusive of trans and also being a feminist company in the positive ways, you know, uh, being inclusive and being uh, considerate, you know, trans performers and understanding, you know, what certain obstacles that one may face on set and be able to acknowledge that there are certain protocols you might need to adapt, you know, such as, hey, you know, yeah, you have a penis, but I'm not going to force you to like fuck this guy and like for a 500 hours and expect that, you know, you're going to be able to keep a hard on for that that long, you know, just a different narrative, you know, you have with your staff or your crew, just so you make sure there is a level of awareness and consideration. So yeah, that's what motivates me to work hard as well. And kind of like, hopefully motivate the next generation of uh, young trans women entrepreneurs. Coming from a background of there not being a lot of roles and saying that there seem to be stereotypes. So here's my question, because I am completely naive to this, because you are Asian and you are trans, what kind of roles or stereotypes in porn are there within the, for the trans community? Are there different types of uh, porn that just keeps popping up? Like I only like three months ago was talking to one of my trans friends and she was like, yeah, there's this thing called sissy porn. And she explained that to me. And I literally had no idea what it was beforehand. I mean, I just, if you could, you know, walk us through some of the um, more common genres for our audience, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, I think common genres... Or stereotypes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the, the kind of experience, the scenes that I've kind of first started off with uh, that were kind of stereotypical, um, you know, for, I guess, for Asians, you know, being kind of this Asian schoolgirl, I have no tattoos. So I kind of had, you know, play this kind of like innocent 
in school girl role slash babysitter and having to play kind of like a, a geisha kind of prostitute situation. Not it wasn't so much because I there weren't there aren't any that many Asian trans performers in the industry. So I feel like a lot of people are still kind of stumped with me. They're like, oh, what kind of role can you really play? So thankfully, a lot of kink.com who discovered me kind of put me in more empowering roles as like a doctor or a physician or a lawyer, you awesome. know? Um, so I was able to be able to be in those roles that I kind of respected. Um, but there were also other companies that put me in kind of weird positions that were, I was like, you know what, this is kind of like borderline racist, but I guess I'm getting paid, you know? So I was just kind of shut up for now. But then, you know, I, I, it got to a point where I was like, you know what, I, I want to be able to have the right to be able to say yes or no. I don't want to have to kind of conform and just like, okay, I got to swallow this, even though like it does not sit well with my ethics, you know? And there's there's only really one thing you should have to swallow in porn ever, really. Yeah, yeah, really, right? You know, it could be either a cum or a vagina or a cock, you know? Yeah, I would totally be fine with that. But sometimes some of these roles kind of like didn't sit well with me. You know, and, and, and I think mainly right at the time when, uh, I don't know, maybe th- things have changed now dramatic for sure. But uh, in the past, in the first couple of years when I first started, they put me in kind of like a lot of prostitute roles, kind of assuming that trans men are better off as prostitutes and streetwalkers. And it kind of didn't sit well with me as well either. You know, I was like, why am I limited to being a prostitute? Why am I limited to being a stripper? You know, and that's this kind of like shady, you know, roles, you know. And I mean, not to speak ill of sex workers, of people people who work as uh, as prostitutes but still like why is this the stereotype for a trans woman in porn and it, it's yeah. it's a question i asked one of my trans girlfriends i'm like you know at some point on this podcast we're going to review uh, a porn featuring a trans actor because we want to make sure we we are equal opportunity perverts we are going to look at everyone yeah but i asked him like how do i find you know because i don't want to look at porn that's exploitative i don't want to look at porn because no matter what uh, and this is something she pointed out to me no matter what if you have porn that that's featuring a trans person especially because you know it's this is supposed to titillate it's going to be on some level not fetishizing but it it is there to uh you know to titillate so on some level it's yeah i think it's mostly fetishizing yeah i I don't take offense is there a way to yeah is is there a way to differentiate between porn that's done in a way that's that's respectful that's done in a way that the actor is on board but like how do you suss out the porn that is you know not i don't want to i hate the term problematic but how do you suss out what's problematic from not within trans porn i think i've been i kind of been voicing that a lot you know and i've been very fortunate enough to be one of the uh one of the voices in pushing that forward and in having more inclusion and being able to have more respectful roles for trans women that made more sense uh and also that kind of shine a light for trans women that don't really exist in reality if we're going to play this fantasy role might as well give you know a, 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 a more variety and more depth to the character for these trans performers and that's happening right now and i'm loving that right now is there's a lot of change in the past two years when it uh, trans pornography there's been a lot more uh, empowering roles a lot a, a lot more narratives that have more uh, authenticity to these kind of uh, sexual dynamics that you know happen in these movies that doesn't necessarily paint these trans performers as prostitutes or you know it could be more you know and uh, 
lately the most recent scene i've shot was directed by a woman you know i love that Brie mills and do you find that it's easier to work with female directors i've heard this from a few people in porn i do i do because there there is a different dialogue that happens on set that makes me feel a lot more confident more comfortable more willing to be able to say hey i'm not comfortable with this can we make a change you know but with men you know and i'm not going to generalize across the board but my experiences in the past with some of the men directors you know it's been a more pushy and being able like hey this is my idea i want you to follow it okay follow it to a t you know i want you to say this exact words you know about football i'm like I don't know football. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Now line. Line. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, line uh, 45 yards. Yeah, totally. Well, when you're writing science porn, please contact us. We we can consult cool. there. Cool. <laughs> we have serious fetish for continuity in porn. And whenever we watch one that there's like no continuity, we're like, <laughs> something got left in the editing room floor. How could you? You had a dream for this. <laughs> yeah, continuity is everything. It really is. We ended up watching a porn. Um, you're probably familiar with it. Uh, Behind the Green Door, where... Oh, classic. Yeah, it is a classic. But when it was in the cutting room floor, they edited some of the scenes. Like, the last scene was supposed to be in the middle, and the middle was supposed to be at the end. So you're watching, and you're like, this makes no sense. <laughs> But you know what? Making no sense for a porn like that seems to... It works. You know what I want to watch? Because we watch a lot of parodies. I can't wait to watch the parody of The Room. Because The Room is already so fucking crazy. How crazy is the porn parody of The Room going to be? I actually have no idea what that is. But uh, I... <gasps> you haven't seen The Room? Okay. It is, it, and I mean, I'm, judging don't, you. don't worry, there's, I, no, I'm not, I'm I don't, ju- only, I only watched you. it for the first, I, for, you know, no, no, I'm not at all, because I only watched it for the first time recently, and it was, it was to watch the James Franco, like, not remake, but the behind the scenes story of The Room, and it was, it is the unintentionally funniest movie you will ever see, like, whatever they were aiming to make, they didn't make it, and it's still just, fucking hysterical like there are bad movies that you're like well they were trying to make this and they didn't quite make it this it's like you you described human behavior or a a typical rom-com to an alien and they took some notes and were like i can do this and the room is what happened and it's amazing i like just sit down and watch it get some roll yourself about six or seven joints you're gonna need all of them and yeah enjoy the shit out of it it's amazing the guy who actually plays the late his name is tommy Wiseau. he uh also wrote and directed this so you when you're watching this you're like wait that he decided on that direction and those lines so it's so cringeworthy it's fantastic that's something i think every time i'm watching either like it doesn't matter if it's a porno if it's a you know if it's a standard movie whatever it is i always am sitting there going they made that decision somebody wrote that an editor decided to leave that in Uh, a director was like that was brilliant an actor decided this is how i should deliver that like whenever something goes horribly wrong and like a big budget movie it's why it's why it looks so much worse because you're like you had options you made decisions this was a choice breaking barriers right 
Go for breaking barriers. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Aww. So good times. Uh, so it's, here's a question: what uh, what type of films are you focusing on working on now? Ah, uh, wonderful question. Um, so yeah, so uh, I think climbing on my seventh year in porn, and you know, um, I'm I'm at a point right now where I'm trying to you know, focus on having more art direction in my pornography and being able to kind of uh, try to tell more stories that are more relatable to the audience who 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 are interested in trans people beyond just sex. I have a lot of trans friends who are who are gonna love to hear this. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, I'm trying to be able to paint out more of those kind of uh, personal stories uh, that add more depth to the porn, and it, sex is more so just a, just a cherry on top. You know, kind of I'm I'm work I'm trying to nice. draw inspiration from like a little bit of the Game of Thrones, a little bit that it's a lot about the drama itself and the context of the story, you know, and then the sex just thrown into it. Yeah, and the sex is it's more porny than in Game of Thrones, but it's you know story. I'm excited to watch the acting. Yeah, so I'm working on that. I'm working on that. And uh, also trying to figure out, you know, how can I have more queer porn uh, that doesn't necessarily have to, you know, be a man and a woman together. It could be a woman. It could be a trans woman and a trans woman. It could be a trans guy and a trans woman, you know, keeping it a lot more fluid and not having to label things in a way where it doesn't necessarily need to be labeled. We're putting these two people in a bed and they're going to roll around. You'll enjoy it. Don't worry. And then follow the story, follow their intimate story leading up to, you know, to the sex, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be like, oh, okay, they just jump into the bedroom and just have at it. You know, I still do that too. I still make. <laughs> Those, are great. Those are great. I have no, I have no problem with the, look, sometimes I only have three minutes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Girl, you need to get some Red Bull, more joints and uh, make it at least a 30 minute one. Look, sometimes you just. I'm a stressed out human. Sometimes the Hitachi on high will just take care of me not needing to kill someone. Because look, murder wraps are hard to get rid of. And a Hitachi in three minutes true. makes that not happen. True, true. You just get it out. You bust it out of your system. Literally. But you know, it's, <laughs> I have a husband when I need longer things. He's a, he's around. There's These are available for putting out to work. I think cool, cool. that'll that'll work. But yeah, no, that's a, I'm so happy to hear that. It's good. Yeah. And I'm launching some new DVDs coming out. TS Femdom 2, TS Femdom 3. Uh, there's going to be a lot of new, three new movies coming out in the next couple of months featuring trans on trans, uh, lesbian sex, and uh, also BDSM, some level of BDSM and power play oh, yes. uh, sex scenes. So they'll be coming out in the next couple of months. My fans can check it out on venusluxstore.com or my website, venus-lux.com. I know I don't speak for Alice and I, but like we try it sometimes we'll review a porn with somebody. Would would we be able to pull you back onto the show to review one of your one of your movies with us? Why not? Why not? Because <laughs> I, I think I think that'd be fun. It'd be fun to to do that with our audience. I think they I think they'd enjoy that. Oh yeah, and I'm sure like I can like le- put in some details that you know you that people oh, yeah. were like oh, the, um, what's what's happening here. I'm like oh yeah, that guy stubbed his toe, and so that's why like his boner is not working. We had to replace him. Fucking me, I just kind of like. Yeah, I just like you know what, bend over, dude. Your oh, toe's not it's... working. I'm just gonna fuck you. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah we're just we're digging you so like i i love your whole deal i love that you're 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 making porn that's more story inclusive i just i i love your whole deal and i think our audience is gonna love you too so i hope we can Yay. have you back on again to you know to when you've got a new project to launch the world yeah. that way we can we can have you on discuss it Give show it call. to our audience <laughs> and venus Yes. <laughs> and Venus, where can our audience find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, uh, Venus with a penis or at Venus Lux. Oh, I'm following <laughs> you right now. <laughs> um, and they can check out my Instagram, uh, Venus Lux Official. I just started a new one. Stupid trolls on Instagram. Uh, I had to make a new one. Um, and my website, venus-lux.com. Um, also, I'm relaunching my store, venusluxstore.com. So my fans uh, and viewers can be able to buy my DVDs and my autograph autographs. And uh, also be able to pre-purchase my new DVDs that are going to be coming out uh, for those who want to collect them. And they also can see me at AVN Awards this year in 2019 at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas. This is actually going to be my first AVN. Vienna Awards. Ooh. I'm going with the press pass. Ooh. So, oh, girl, you can need a lot of uh, vitamin C. You can see because everyone's gonna be sick, kind of. You know, it's like the weather. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sad. I can't go. Yeah, get your vitamin C uh, and get a lot of Red Bull and uh, make sure you have a phone with extra storage if you want to take a shit ton of photos. Absolutely. And also bring a friend, bring a friend because it's a sausage party. It's a sausage fest. Oh yeah, she's she's bringing a buddy. It's it, I was supposed to be going, but I'm kind of moving to Barcelona. Well, I will take that over Avian, to be honest. You can come visit anytime. You can you can come. We can have tapas. We can go to the. How about I just meet you at Ibiza and uh, we'll party it out. Oh. Oh, I'm down. We are also going to have, because I'm moving for a laboratory job. I believe we are also going to have a secondary lab in Mallorca. Ooh. My life just got magical. You're spoiled. It's pretty, You're it's so pretty spoiled. Weird. It's after a year of the shit falling through the likes of which I'm not going to dump on you guys right now. But you know what? Life is, life is fucking grand. We just spoke with the, our, the wonderful Venus Lux who, who graced our, our silly little podcast for an hour. We're looking forward to having you back on. Uh, anything else you want you want our followers to hear about before before we wrap this all up? Uh, yeah, you know, check out my new DVDs and new scenes, and also I'm casting. I'm casting new models. So if you think you're a dick or you're a pussy or your sexuality, your your level skills and BDSM can can challenge the camera, I want you. Um, you can check out the model application venusashlux.com forward slash modeling if you want to be casted in a porno. Awesome. Um, but that said, so we have some patrons to thank. Cody Warren, BN, Bob Mudford, Nathan Dinkley, Tracy Miller, Robert Hetherington, uh, Paul Freeland, Neil Simpson, Mr. Danks, Joshua Rice, and many more. By the way, if you're not a patron already, you can find more banter between Yvette and I at patreon.com slash two girls one mic. Occasionally I slap my fel- myself in the face with a with a twelve inch dildo because, you know, that's a thing you do. It's you know what, this is what people are paying good money to see. 
our, our our excessive silliness. So come join us on Patreon. It helps us keep the lights on. It's it's appreciated, and we appreciate you. If you can't give us a dollar or two, that's totally fine. Make sure to please leave us a five star review and a comment on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this on. Because hey, we want more people to listen. We want uh, higher rankings in in iTunes. And by the way, if you can't do any of that, because for some reason, like you just, I don't know, don't have like hooks for hands, um, make sure, wait, I, let's edit that out just in case someone does have hooks for hands. <laughs> um, it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to get that one email. But if you can't for some reason even leave us a rating because somehow you already did tell all your friends about this porn podcast because no one else has a porn podcast that's like ours. Oh, yeah. You should tell all your friends who watch porn, which means tell all your friends. And also, Yvette, where can people find you when we're not bouncing around on the Patreon? People can find me in my office watching porn. Or, I mean, they can find me on Twitter at the Cybabe, ditto Instagram at the Cybabe, Facebook.com slash Cybabe, and Cybabe.com. I also write, of course, over at The Outline and itself, where I dispense health advice and far less pornography on those places. Alice, where can people find you? So people can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter, where I'm wearing my porn sweater. And I, I don't know, I, I guess telling people about how when when I got like my first nude sent to me, I sent back a photo of me playing Magic the Gathering. Oh, I'm so there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't send us your penises. Don't send us Please dick pics. No, like if you... And I've, we've said this before on the show. If you send us a dick pic, send us a creative one. I want to see it in the shape of a brontosaurus or with like a funny hat or like put a little put a little sweater on it. Turn it into a doctor. It's a holiday season. Put an ugly oh, yeah. sweater on it. Make it look like Santa. Make it look like a rabbi for Hanukkah. Hang a little jingle bell out of the frenulum. I dare you. But you know what? Make the motherfucker festive. And that literally is the motherfucker. But you know what? Don't just send us a dick. Send us a creative dick. I want to see how, you know what? Like, so show us how creative you can be with your dick. I, that's, that's all I, that's all I want. Just don't, don't, if you send us just the dick, we're going to make fun of it. That's I'm just, fair. I'm warning you now that I think that is perfectly fair. We've given plenty of warnings and somebody had to go and break the fucking rule. We've warned you. Don't send us a dick pic unless you want it made fun of. Unless, again, brontosaurus, funny hat. You can do it. I have faith in you guys. You know what? It's the new year. New year, new resolutions, uh, new creative dick pics. That's all I'm saying. New creative dick pics. I want creative dick pics. I can, I'm I want a creative, creative dick, dick pic. Those are adorable. Dick dicks. Have you seen them? Dick dicks? I am going to link to it in the show notes. Okay, we well, we're at the point where we're talking about dick dicks. I think we're ready to wrap it up. Again, Venus, thank you so much for hanging out with thank us. Thank you. You've been Have great. a good night. Happy holidays. So, bye. You too. Happy Bye, holidays. guys. Bye. Bye.